Well, good morning. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, you want to turn to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Uh, we're concluding this little mini-series on worship, thanksgiving, and praise. And this psalm, the beginnings of this psalm, really encapsulate those three elements that we've been looking at over the, the three weeks. So Psalm 95, verse 1 says this. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Anybody up for shouting? It's rubbish. There was a little bit of shouting actually earlier on, which was great. Um, but, you know, who knows? We'll be building to it. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. How many of you believe that? In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So in that little passage, those seven verses, you've got those three elements of uh, loud jubilant praise and thanksgiving. You've got uh, the reasons for uh, thanksgiving and praise. And then you've got this element of worship uh, that kicks in, uh, verse 6 onwards. And so um, I don't know about you, but have you noticed uh, you know, when we come together as church, sometimes we come with all sorts of stuff going on in our lives, don't we? Sometimes, some of you have had a fantastic week. Some of you have had an okay week. Some of you had a phew, really tough week. You know, so we come through the doors and we worship together and, you know, and it's great that we're able to do that. We're able to come together, but we've got all this sort of stuff. But have you noticed, if you really begin to engage in the thanksgiving and praise, then then worship begins to flow. Huh? If you don't begin to engage, you'll never get to worship. And we'll unpack that in a few minutes. Um, the dictionary defines worship as the feeling and attitude of reverence and adoration for a deity. Adoration. Reverence. Do you ever get to that place where you just, wow, before God? Just who he is and what he, what he represents. Amazing God. That sense of awe. I can hear singing. Is it somebody in the foyer singing to us? <laughs> um, I, love, I love the definition of the word awe. It's that, a mixed feeling of reverence, fear, and wonder. You ever get to that place of awe before God? And, and when you look through Scripture, the Old Testament and the New, you, you see um, worship produces different responses, physical responses quite often. So uh, you think about coming down and bowing down in worship. So you go back to uh, the psalm that we read, come let us bow down and worship, the psalmist says. So he recognizes it as a response or, 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 or part of our act of worship is to bow down often. Um, and you see that a number of occasions in scripture. There's an interesting one in uh, you remember when the children of Israel had been in Egypt? They'd been in slavery, and God gives them this incredible promise, I'm going to bring you out. <laughs> After all these years of slavery, you're coming out. It's time. The time's come, and Moses and Aaron show up to give the message to the people. And you read it in Exodus 4, verse 29. Moses and Aaron brought together the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything that the Lord said to Moses. And he also performed signs before the people. I wish that unpacked a little bit more. 
But they believed, it says, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Do you know God is concerned about you? Whatever's kicking off in your life today, God is concerned about you. Whether it's good, bad, or ugly, he's concerned about you. And when you get an understanding of that, the almighty God is concerned about me, that changes my perspective on life. And my response to that, that's, wow, Lord, who am I? You know, what's the song uh, we sometimes sing? Who am I that you are mindful of me? Yet you love me with this incredible love. So there you are in the, in the Old Testament, and we can look at other examples. So then you come in the New Testament, and of course, you think about, I mean, how many, how many weeks away is Christmas? It's not long, is it? Don't even talk about it, David. Cut. But you remember the wise men? who came to Jesus, found him. And what was their response? In Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. So one response that we have, physical response, bowing down and worship. Akin to that and linked with that is, again, the psalmist picked it up in 95 verse 6. He says, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. To actually kneel before the Lord. Do you ever feel like just kneeling before the Lord, just honoring him? In, in the New Testament, um, I read this in the Amplified Version, so it, it sort of opens it up a little bit. Uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul talks about this. He says, for this reason... Grasping the greatness of this plan by which the Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knee in reverence before the Father of the Lord on Jesus Christ. When I think about that God has brought together the Jews and the Gentiles in, in terms of relationship and this ability to come before God the Father, wow, wow. And he says, my response is to, bow, to kneel down and to worship. Another example, so we sometimes see people kneel, don't we? And maybe sometimes you kneel in worship. Here's one that we don't see a lot of. The Hebrew word would be shaka. I'm not sure whether it's linked to shekinah, you know, the glory of God, but shaka. You know, when the glory of God comes, when you sense the presence of God so powerfully, and we sense something of it this morning, but sometimes you just sense it so powerfully. Have you ever found yourself on the floor face down? Prostrate before the Lord. Uh, if you've been with us this week on the Bible course, you know we were uh, on session two, and it was looking at creation and covenant. And the whole issue with regard to the covenant with Abraham that God makes. And in Genesis 17, it says this. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blamelessly. Then I will make my covenant between me and you. And I'll greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down on the ground. Just that God Almighty had appeared to him. You know, 
we get an understanding and a revelation of God appearing to us and coming to us, my, my posture changes. I don't know about yours. Yeah? My posture changes. And, and Abraham goes down on his face and then God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. So right there in, in Genesis, you see Abraham on his face in worship, in reverence before God. And then you can go right to the end of Scripture as we've got it in Revelation and, and John's Revelation there, that prophetic picture of a time to come. And in chapter 7, it says in verse 9 that I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, and people, and language standing before the throne and the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So it's an incredible scene of the gathered people of God that no man can count. How many of you glad you're in that number? One day that's going to be you and me. Some of you are not convinced. Get yourself convinced. Get yourself in relationship with Jesus. This is our future. And then it says, and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elder, uh, and also around them were the elders and the four living creatures. And I, there's this sense then. And it, it says, and they fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Wow. Just that moment. And, and sometimes uh, musicians have, have, have put music to that phrase, haven't they? And we've, we've sung it over the years. And Do you ever find when you sing those sort of songs, there's something just kicks in, in you that's just like, wow, God, this is all about you. So we find people bowing down, we find people kneeling down, we find people on their faces in worship before God. And I'm struggling to find, you know, sometimes we put our hands up, don't we? We put our hands up in, in Thanksgiving, and even when we pray, sometimes we put our hands up. But often I find my hands are, are sort of, you know, in worship, I sort of find myself bowed down a little bit and my hands stretched out towards the Lord. Anybody ever find, find that? just that response to him, to be open to him. And I was struggling to find a, 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 a biblical representation of that. But I just, you know, when, the, when God Almighty, the greatest power in the universe, begins to touch my life and your life, we should not be surprised if there are some responses from our physical frame. But we just open ourselves up, you know, uh, Pete led us in a song a few minutes ago, and, you know, just opening ourselves up to the Lord, and invited us, if we wanted to, to sing a particular line that he encouraged us with, and there comes moments in our song, you know, it's another song that we sing, isn't there, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned, in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand my soul, Lord, surrendered to you. All I am is yours.
Worship. Worship. Okay, there's some of the, the responses we find just in our physical frame. What about um, some of the principles of, of worship? Uh, Jesus classically said these words in, in John chapter 4. He said, A time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Could I say this? I'm going to say it anyway. We are going to struggle to worship if we do not have the spirit within us. Because the Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And when that becomes alive to us as a response in worship, and he says, you know, we worship in spirit and we worship in truth, Jesus said. And of course, classically in John's gospel, in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So if we want to come to the Father in worship, we've got to come through Jesus. So we worship in spirit and truth. And do you know that Father God is desiring our worship? He's looking for it. There in that passage, you know, John 4. The Father seeks such to worship him. God looks across us as a gathering of God's people today and he's looking for worshippers. He's looking for faith and he's looking for worshippers. A couple of things he's looking for today. Could I say he's looking for worshippers, not watchers? Hmm. Come back to that. See, worship is how we... I suppose it's how we connect with God in the most intimate way. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul draws this parallel between the physical union of male and female, the parallel with that, and with our relationship with the Lord. Um, The Westminster Catechism says the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Could I ask how many of you are enjoying God? When we come in worship, it's not looking around and seeing what others are doing and what's happening, but it's actually, actually it's all about him. Focusing our thoughts, attentions, hearts on him. Worship is expressing my love for God. And the great thing in worship is when we come in worship and we open our hearts to him and we, we just in reverence, awe and wonder. And um, how many of you find that God often speaks in that environment? God speaks. And so Abraham, when you look at that passage we read earlier from uh, Genesis 17, it says, when Abraham fell down on his face, God said, God said, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. What an incredible promise. And when we come in worship and we're bowed down and we're just in reverence before him, that just opens some communication with God at another level. 
And I pray that every one of us will experience that and know that. Um, and we're going to come and we're just going to have a few moments of just drawing aside in worship again. So I want to ask the musicians if they'll come back. Um, but let me say this as they come. You know, just as uh, the Apostle Paul there talked about that physical connection of man and woman, and it was a drawing a, a parallel with our relationship with the Lord, uh, let's put it this way for you to think about. When a man and a woman become physically united, there's often some fruit. Listen, I'm not going to go into the details for you. You work it out for yourself. But there's quite a few of them in that house at the back there now enjoying kids' church. Yeah? Um, how many of you know when we connect with the Lord in worship and God begins to speak, fruit's coming? Fruit's coming. Listen what Jesus said in John 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Get this, though. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with him, wow. The Bible tells me all things are possible. When we come in worship... There, there are different types of people, aren't there? There's the people who are the doers... Just want to get on and do. And then there's some people who just let him. But anyway, that's another story. But actually, I think the Lord is looking for worshippers who will then out of worship be doers. So all that we're about and all that we do comes from that place of relationship with the Lord. Um, on Thursday of this week... I was chairing a meeting. It was the ground level executive team and directors. And uh, we had quite a busy agenda to go through. We were looking at the one event and just reflecting on that and planning not just next year's event, but 2020. Um, and uh, so at all that, we were looking at finance, as directors tend to have to do. We were looking at uh, some of the reshaping of staffing for the network. Uh, in fact, there was quite an agenda that we had to get through on Thursday. And I just said to the guys, there was about nine of us in the room, and I said, I think we should just stand. And I got them all to stand. And in fact, I'm going to get you to stand right now. Why don't you stand? Because I don't know what you've got planned for your week. I don't know what you've got planned for today. I don't know what things you're going to be doing. I was struck by Luke chapter 1, where Zechariah is serving in the temple. He's serving in the temple, and all of a sudden, an angel appears to him. And he said, Zechariah, your wife, Elizabeth, who struggled to conceive, not been able to have a baby. Well, I've got some good news. She's going to have a baby. And he went on to say, his name's going to be John, and he's got an incredible mission for God. And Zachariah's response was, well, um, he questioned the validity of the promise that he was being given, and he questioned the authenticity of the angel giving it. 
And this is the angel's response to him when he questioned it all. The angel said this. He said, look, he said, my name is Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of the Lord. And if we can find a place where we can stand in the presence of the Lord, kneel, bow, or prostrate, however it is, if we can find that place, it will give validity to our message. It will give authenticity to our lives. How many want that? How many want that? I'm going to pray. And then Pete's going to lead us. Guy's going to lead us in some worship. <coughs> Father, we thank you that you, <laughs> the amazing God, has deemed it something that you want to look for in our lives that we come into that place of worship and honor of you and Lord you you say in your word you're looking for that among us and Lord we want to respond having praised having brought our thanksgiving we want to come to that place of worship we want to open our hearts and lives as we began to do just a few moments ago as we sang together and Lord we say we want to be found in the presence of the Lord. Giving validity to the things you put in our lives to do. Giving authenticity to who we are. Lord, would you come by your spirit as we take a moment to just reflect in your presence again.